You still there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Okay. Did you want me to say <laughs> no, no, no. I'll say it. Let's go ahead. Okay. I just want right. to make sure you're still here. Let's. Yeah, I'm here. Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete that as appropriate. My name is Chad Lemon. I'm here for your 35th episode of Ministry Bits, and uh, today we are going to be talking with uh, the one, the only friend of the internet, uh, Michael Whitworth. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm doing outstanding today, Chad. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. And uh, Michael, uh, I'll let you, you since you're you've been you're involved in a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you tell you tell the listeners who you are and and, and what you do. All right. Well, uh, I am the owner and operator and janitor at Start to Finish. <laughs> uh, we are a Christian web media and book publishing company. We do blogs, podcasts, uh, books, obviously, a lot of different things. Um, but that is just my, uh, my part-time job or my expensive hobby, depending upon your perspective. <laughs> uh, I am also, uh, just, just started actually today's my first day in the office. Yesterday was our first Sunday. I am the associate minister for the church in Keller, Texas, and, uh, very excited about this new work and, uh, really, uh, grateful to be a part of, uh, the family of God here. Looking forward to incredible opportunities, but uh, I guess you could say I have my my hat in a lot of different places. Got a lot of irons in the fire, but uh, uh, trying to do all I can to the glory of God. You certainly do, and you um, you're every time we turn around, uh, you're releasing a new book on start to finish, and uh, that has I, I'm I've been talking with you about that, and that's that has just taken off for you, and uh, really has really ma- prospered in the last uh, probably 24 months or so, and. Uh, we always look forward to all that new content, and there's a lot of people that are saying a lot of good things about Start to Finish. Well, I appreciate that. We have been very blessed, uh, as you said, over the last several months, and uh, God is continuing to open up uh, additional doors of opportunity for us, and, and we couldn't be uh, any any more grateful for all He's done. Yeah, and it's all because of Him. And um, we're talking about tech today. We're going to talk about, we're going to dive deep into the nerdery that is uh, what you use and how you do what you do and all the different things that you're doing. So let's uh, let's just uh, go ahead and jump on top of it here. The... Um, so I, I I probably can answer this because I know I know exactly what kind of uh, person you are and what you're using and everything. But but the listeners would love to hear uh, exactly what you're using. What kind of computer uh, do you use, and why do you use it? And and talk about I guess talk about your setup as well and how you've got it kind of set up. Okay, uh, I I have been using uh, uh, Apple computers uh, exclusively since around uh, 2006 2007 somewhere around in there. Uh, I love it. Um, I particularly love the fact that they are essentially maintenance-free. Now, that's not completely true, but um, when I had a PC, this was only my experience, but when I had a PC, I spent a lot of time keeping it up, uh, running scans for viruses and things like that, and, and Mac just works. Uh, and I know a lot of people that have been using Macs for a while would, would say the same thing. Uh, my primary computer is a 27-inch iMac. And then I have uh, some monitors uh, added on to that. I actually have a three-monitor setup hmm. in my office. So you've got the start-to-finish uh, command center then. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> People walk in and they look at it and they think that I'm running the Starship Enterprise or, or something, <laughs> you know, weather system. But uh, I have uh, two traditional screens, the IMAX screen. I've got a Thunderbolt display, cinema display. Um, but then I also have a Dell vertical monitor, and I'm not sure of the model number, uh, but it's it's just a regular Dell, I think like a 23-inch widescreen monitor that rotates on its base so that you can look at it. Its orientation is portrait 
instead of landscape. And I have to tell you that I have found all kinds of incredible uses for this type of monitor, everything from reading web pages to reading books on my uh, Bible study app. Uh, I use it for writing. Uh, oftentimes I am writing while I'm looking at another window uh, uh, because I'm, I'm going back and forth. Oftentimes when I'm writing on the main screen, I will have the, my Bible translation up on that vertical screen for, for comparison purposes. The vertical screen has proven to be very, very, very useful in a lot of different ways, very versatile. And that's, you know, it's one of those things where when, once you get used to it, you just, you can't go back. And so it's been, it's been a great pleasure to use this. Um, and then of course, uh, I have a MacBook Pro uh, that allows me to be mobile. Um, and I have an external monitor that I hook up to it uh, at home currently. So I can work on a larger screen when I'm at the house. So you're very much a two screen, at least two screen kind of guy, at least. Yes, you know certainly I can get along with one screen, but I have found that with my workflow and and, and my and what I have become accustomed to in recent months and years, uh, working with two screens has become essentially a must. Uh, my my primary Bible study app is Logos Bible Software. That's that's what I use. And uh, if you if anyone if your listeners have used Logos before, they've quickly figured out that it works fine on one screen, but there are so many more things that you can do with it if you have a multiple a monitor setup. And uh, that's what I certainly I have found to be the case that I can write on one screen, I can have the Bible translation open up on my vertical screen, and then on my third monitor, uh, I can have other programs running that I'm using. So it, well, it works great. And you know, Logos is not exactly cheap is it no it's certainly an investment um you know if you're a mechanic you spend a lot of money on tools uh if you're a plumber you spend a lot of money on tools other different types of jobs you have to make a a pretty sizable investment early on not necessarily all at once but early on you have to make an investment and and logos is not cheap you're right it it is an, an investment um but i have to say that i love them not only for the product that they produce but i love logos as a company uh, they've been terrific to work with as a as a customer as a consumer uh, but now working with them as a publisher they uh, you know I, i've learned that there's so much more to them that they're just a delightful company to work with and and i like partnering with companies that are easy to work with that put the customer first and try to produce a very valuable product and uh, you know it is uh, expensive when you first invest you know they have different package options and you're always adding to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in the long run uh, if you were to purchase all of these books uh, in print you would be spending a lot more money so it is an investment but you certainly save money over the long haul but you also save time as well and that's one thing that that has made logos to me invaluable is the time that i save um, by using it versus traditional print books and a lot of that is a personal uh, preference some people just don't like studying and reading digitally and i understand that there's Uh nothing wrong with that but for those who do like to to do this digitally it is an incredible time saver well to me it would seem like that that logos would let you and it does, and you can tell us a little bit more about this, but search. I mean, to me, searching within a library of books for one phrase or word or refining that phrase, to me, that is just invaluable. And and, and tell us a little bit about that. It, it really is. The search functions, uh, the, the, the features and, and the capabilities in Logos are absolutely phenomenal. It, it, it's one of those things where... Uh, you can use it for years and and never really scratch all of the surface, let alone get down to its full potential. But I'll give you just one illustration of uh, an example of how powerful it is. 
Uh, there's a book called a commentary uh, on um, the commentary on the New Testament's use of the Old Testament, and it's a very thick book, very heavy. Uh, if you had it on your shelf, it would take up you know a good deal of space. It's It'd be a, hard to keep that book open on your on your desk. It's a booster seat book, is what I call it. You can you can yes, put your kid is. up it, on it, it if would, you wanted to. It would it would be great to put a <laughs> lamp on it for a table. Yeah, it, it, it serves all kinds of fun, you know keep your door open. Um, but it's a very useful book because it is very thorough, very comprehensive, very well edited, very well written. It is a book that helps you find all the various allusions to the Old Testament in a given passage in the New Testament. Well, currently, primarily my writing is on the Old Testament. And so as I'm writing, for instance, these days I've been working on Kings. As I'm writing, I'm always wondering how is this passage in Kings reflected somewhere in the New Testament? Now, Kings isn't reflected in that many places, but, you know, you take other passages, say in Psalms or Isaiah, um, uh, Genesis, other, other books that are more well represented. What I can do in Logos is search through that entire massive book, the commentary on the New Testament use of the Old Testament. I can search through that entire book and find every single solitary, tiny, small, piddly reference to Kings. Uh, and I can do that in any number of ways. I can search for any reference to Kings, any reference to a particular chapter in Kings, any reference to a particular chapter and verse in Kings, all kinds of various ranges of Scripture. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. And, and that's what I do in my writing as I'm going along. If I, if I want to know, you know, what allusions are there to Second Kings 9 in, in the New Testament, I can find that by using that commentary. And that's just one small example of how powerful this is. You can search your entire library, whether it be, uh, you know, 100 volumes or 12,000 volumes. You can find every occurrence of a word in all of your books. You can find every occurrence of a, of a scripture reference in your wow, books. That's just you amazing. can even find, you can even find, you know, let's say I wanted to, um, let's say that I wanted to find all of the times in my library where atonement and resurrection, those two words, how many times those two words appeared within, say, three words of each other in a sentence. I could find all of those times as well in a context search. And so the search capabilities of Logos are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, and that's just one of the small ways it makes uh, study very, 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 um, uh, it, 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 helps, it helps it not be so time consuming. It saves you a tremendous amount of time when you're doing Bible study. That is... Um... That is pretty. Uh, that that just having the search feature to me would be, and and you have a ton of volumes that you said you spent, uh, so you, and you can add those on, and they're like uh, sections and uh, different things you can yes. add onto the app and stuff, and uh, you, some some of those you have to pay for, some of those you don't, and Correct. um, you can just really make this thing a powerhouse for Bible study, um. And it's amazing what preachers can get done these days, especially, and, and not even that, authors. I mean, for you being an author, that is an invaluable, uh, necessary tool for you. Well, and especially the way that I have, the, the, the methods I have developed for my own personal research, the style that works for me. Um, when, I'm, when I'm planning to write on, say, 1 Kings 22, uh, when I start that process, I try to read as, you know, all of the commentaries that I have access to, and I highlight passages in those commentaries that, you know, points that the author makes that I think are really good, uh, tidbits of information that I'm going to want to use as I craft what I have to say on 1 Kings 22. 
but here's where Logros really saves me a tremendous amount of time. Whereas in the past, I was having to highlight in a physical book and then bookmark that passage or uh, make some notes or, or whatever and digitize those notes by typing them into the computer. Well, now all I have to do is highlight the passage on my iPad. And then when I have finished reading, go back into the desktop uh, application of Logos and basically copy and paste into my writing app, which is Scrivener. And from there, after I have compiled all of my research in Scrivener, it's just a matter of copy or not copying, pasting, but but maybe piecing together the, inform the information in order to weave it in, in sort of a, a narrative uh, flow. Uh, but it has saved me a ridiculous amount of time. Um, and, and, and just to give people an idea of how much time it does save, back in uh, 2014, or excuse me, 2013, I was writing a book on First and Second Thessalonians called Living and Longing for the Lord. And what I did is I spent about uh, six to eight weeks compiling the research, doing the reading, making note of what I wanted to talk about and so forth. But then once I had all of the research finished, I went away for a week to San Antonio. And for an entire week, I focused on nothing but writing that book. I came home and I'd had about, I'd, I'd been able to write about 60% of that book and when I came home, we had Christmas and New Year's holidays. Um, and then after the holidays were over, I hit the ground running trying to finish that book again. But I was able to write that book and, and complete it uh, in, in less than six weeks from when I had started writing the first word to when I, to when I finished. And the reason that I was able to write a 200-page book in less than six weeks is because uh, Logos had made it so easy to compile the research in one place and then from there, it was very easy to simply piece the information together in the style that I was comfortable with. Um, and so when I talk about how the Logos saves you a tremendous amount of time, you know, it's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. It really does save a tremendous amount of time for people that are comfortable with that type of study, with that mode of study. Well, that is an amazing piece of software. And if you want to find out more about that, go to Lo – it's actually spelled look, – looks like it says Logos.com, L-O-G-O-S.com. And I'm sitting here looking at the Base Packages page. It's Logos.com slash Base Packages, and you've got Base Packages all the way from $300. And then you have what is called the Collector's Edition for $10,800. So no joke. It's, it's very uh, – it can get very expensive, but at the same time, this is one of those things that if you have not – invested in this for your church um, and invested in this for your ministry it is uh, incredible value and they do make uh, this for windows they make it for mac uh, they have an app on iphone and ipad and um, very very good find that at logos.com michael uh, thanks for telling us about that let's move on to um Let's actually let's let's stick with kind of a mobile. Let's let's move on to mobile devices. But I do want to talk about one app before we move on, and that's OmniFocus. And we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned OmniFocus several different times, and I have uh, as well. And I'm a I'm a big user, big believer in OmniFocus. How exactly are you using OmniFocus, and how deep do you get into OmniFocus? Well, I started using OmniFocus uh, several months ago. Actually, at, at your inspiration, uh, you had made a, a joke on Twitter about how that I now had my own tab uh, on your version of OmniFocus. And so I thought, <laughs> you have well, your own I'm project, that's, yeah, exactly. That's right. So, so if I'm if I'm if I'm that special, I need to figure out what this powerful program is. And uh, you know, I I have used at least eight to 12 different to-do apps oh, of course, um, yeah. on, on my computer, on my phone, trying to find some sort of system that worked for me. And I honestly can say I never really took to any of them and liked them nearly as much as I've loved. I have absolutely fallen in love with OmniFocus. 
Um, uh, I'm the kind of person that I can just play around with a computer program with an app until I figure it out for myself. I'm not one to go buy the book or training videos. That's usually not my style. Uh, but I found that, that OmniFocus was very helpful. And once I figured out how it worked, how it was structured, I have found it to be an incredible uh, uh, resource, an incredible app to use. Uh, obviously, with uh, my work with Start to Finish, uh, with book projects, with my own writing projects, books that I'm, I'm writing, uh, in addition to the other books I'm publishing by other people, when it comes to uh, other things related to our website, uh, fulfilling orders for books and other materials, um, and then and then my work here at, at Keller, where I'm working primarily with education and involvement and all the other things that, you know, small things that we have going on in our personal lives, errands to run and things to do. Um, you know, my, my vehicle registration is going to come due here in a couple of weeks. It, it, it's a struggle to keep track of all that stuff. And since I have the app on my computer as well as on my phone, I have found it very, very helpful to just use OmniFocus to mm -hmm. track all of these things, to set due dates, to set deferring dates, uh, to organize them into various projects, um, and to have an op option to where I can just focus on the things that need to be done that day and, and nothing else. Uh, OmniFocus has been a fantastic uh, app to use in keeping track of, of all the things that need to be done. Uh, otherwise, at least this is my experience, but I'm sure other people have felt this way also. If you don't have a systematic way of tracking your responsibilities and your projects and the things you've got to get done in every arena of your life, if you don't have that, it's inevitable that you're going to start to develop that feeling of you're starting to, to drown. Amen. And, and, it's, and, it, and it's overwhelming. And, and especially in ministry where, you know, I personally believe the stakes in ministry are always very high because we're dealing with souls. Yep. And then also in, you know, your personal life, some small things can become really big things if you neglect them for too long. Uh, you know, you don't, if you don't renew your car registration, that's going to come back to bite you at some point uh, and may cost you a whole lot more money. Mm -hmm. You know, little things. Um, if you don't have a way of tracking those and being able to stay on top of it and know what stuff is coming due and when, uh, it's going to, you're going to start to have that drowning feeling. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And so OmniFocus has helped me avoid that feeling of I'm drowning. I'm overwhelmed. Well, it's all those little things. You just said little things. The little things are the things that, that slip through the cracks that you forget that make, just make your life harder. Like renewing your car registration. I mean, that should be very, very simple. But at the same time, you have something on your phone, a little, little app that says, it has a little red circle that says, you got to do this. This has got to get done. And right. you can, you know, OmniFocus, what I love about them is that their, their, um, I guess their motto for a long time was get it out of your head and into this app. Brain and dump. Yes, exactly. Brain br dump. Just brain dump it into there so that you don't have to fiddle with all that stuff. You can actually do the work that you need to do. And uh, OmniGroup.com is where you can find more information about OmniFocus. And we've talked about two very expensive, I say very expensive, two pretty expensive things here. OmniFocus starts at $39.99 for Mac and for iOS, and you do have to buy those separate apps. So that's 80 bucks right there. But OmniFocus goes on sale all the time. Um, and so you can catch it when it's on sale. I got mine for $17. And um, I'm telling you, it has changed the way that I think and the way that I do things and those recurring tasks. You can do so much with OmniFocus that I don't use, like the, the geolocation stuff you can use. It's just, 
incredible from what I hear. I just don't use it. But that's the thing. It's about like a Photoshop type program is where you can do a ton of different stuff with it. Uh, you just, uh, you, or you can do very, very simple things like project management and task management. So it's really, I love it too. It's really, really great. I'm glad that you use it as well. Well, and especially with my writing, here's what I have loved more than anything else about OmniFocus. Uh, and this specifically has to do with writing, but it could be applied to any other. Think of think of a task that when you think about having to do that thing, it's just so overwhelming. You think I, I would never get that project done. What I love about OmniFocus is that you can nest and and create you know varying levels of tasks. So, for instance, on on OmniFocus on the projects tab, I have my book on Kings. And you think about, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a 100,000-word book on a particular subject. You know, people think, oh, yeah, I've got a book in me. But when they start really thinking about sitting down and writing a book, they're, they're intimidated. They can oh, never yeah. do it. They say to, so what I do is I have learned to trick my brain into thinking, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I, I try to come up with such specific tasks related to the research and writing of the book so that they're so easily ticked off one by one by one. Lo and behold, uh, I turn around and I realize I've got half the book written, and it didn't seem like it was that much effort at all. And it was just little uh, tasks that add up to the huge task. Exactly. And so, for instance, you know, I have all of the chapters of the book as an individual task, and then nested under each one is you need to read, um, you know, you need to research First Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. For that task, I'm only asking myself to research six verses, and I have a checklist in Evernote in which I go through the list of commentaries that I'm using, and I read what each commentary says on those six verses, and when I have done that task, I can check that off on that box. Sooner or later, I realize I've researched that whole chapter for that, for that one book. And then I go back and I have a task where I have to write on each passage. I just need to write, say, 500 words on those six verses in 1 Kings 17. Or the next day it might be I need to write 1,000 words for these 20 verses. But I'm breaking up the book into these individual tasks. And OmniFocus allows me to organize and nest each one in its appropriate place. And then lo and behold, I look back one day and I realize I've gotten half the book written and it didn't seem like it was much effort at all. I love that feature about OmniFocus where I can become very specific in laying out what needs to be done to get a book finished and it allows me to organize it in one place. And, and it is an invaluable app, as we've said, and, and it is just incredible. you got to check it out. Omnigroup.com is where you can go to check that out. Um, and, setting, and setting due dates for those individual tasks is also really important. Oh, yes, it yes. It keeps you mm-hmm. motivated. It keeps you honest. It keeps you moving the ball down the field because the worst thing in the world is to look up and you realize you've got, you know, 97 to-dos because you haven't been focused on each one of those. Uh-huh. If you get busy, if life intervenes, you can always move the due, due date farther into the future. But I love having it spaced out to where, okay, just for today, I need to research six verses. That's it. And then the next day, it's another six verses. Slowly but surely, you matriculate the ball down the field, as they say in, in football. Exactly. And you can use OmniFocus uh, individually, either on your iPhone or iPad, which they actually came out with a combined app. You only have to buy it once on iOS, and you have it on all your devices. Uh, or you can actually sync that. They have Omni. They have an OmniSync service that you can actually uh, just sign into, and it syncs it uh, directly from your Mac to your iPads and different things like that. But you can just, just use one of those if you just want to use it on your 
your desktop or just on your mobile device, that's uh, that's good too. So that's Omni Omni Focus by Omni Group, and you can find it at omnigroup.com. Um, Michael, moving into kind of a mobile, we've kind of overlapped a little bit and talked a little bit about mobile. What, what are you using? You've used a, you said you're using a MacBook to keep it mobile when you have to do kind of some, I guess, some hardcore, uh, stuff, some website administration, different things like that. But, uh, what are you using as far as your mobile devices? What are you using uh, as far as a tablet or, or, or a phone, a smartphone? Uh, still using my, I've got an iPhone six plus, which has, uh, has been a, a great help because the, the extra screen or the, the extra size screen, the, the extra real estate, uh, has helped me be able to do more things on my phone. And then of course I have an iPad that I primarily use for reading. Also some editing. I use, um, uh, Adobe Acrobat on there to do some editing of, of PDFs, mockups of, of books before they go to press. Um, but also on my iPad, I read in my Logos app. And also the ESV reading app. Uh, I use Evernote um, on my iPad whenever I'm in the library checking some to-dos off. Um, and so that's that's been typically my work with my, my mobile devices. Uh, my, my laptop is usually reserved for work at home, uh, working from a coffee shop somewhere. Um, you know, certain things that I do on there, such as uh, editing a podcast episode or doing some website maintenance, things you really can't really do on a, on a tablet just yet. Um, but by and large, I've been able to do a lot of my work on my iPhone and my iPad. It's I, I continuously tell my wife that I can get more work done on my phone uh, than most people can on their regular computers. And I think that's actually kind of true in some instances because I can really get that much done. So, yeah, the mobile devices, and I'm sure you're, you're actually, you travel quite a bit. You speak at different places quite a bit. Uh, and you travel for uh, start to finish and to uh, different, you're just at polishing the pulpit and different things like that. So, yeah, those mobile devices, they come in handy. And um, I have found that I am using my iPad more and more uh, these days to do the things that I, the only things I find myself doing on my main computer is video and audio editing actually. And, um, other than that, I pretty much can do everything on my iPad. And you haven't, you said you had an iPad air two. Yes. I have an iPad air two, uh, in, in addition to the, the iPhone six plus, um, the iPad air two is new. I had a, an iPad mini, the retina screen mini, um, and uh, it, I love the size of the mini, very compact, very useful. I do like the extra screen space, the, the extra real estate on the, on the Air 2. It's a little bit more powerful, uh, but, but either, either device, it, it really depends on your comfort level and what kind of size screen you're looking for. Both have been tremendously helpful, though, in my work. What about that iPad Pro? Are you going to get one of those? Uh, probably not. That's a little bit too much. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's way too much. <laughs> especially when I already have a MacBook pro. Uh, but if, if, if I tell you, if I didn't, if all I had was say an iPhone and I didn't have any kind of laptop device, I would be a, I'd, I'd be a person that was supremely interested in what the iPad pro had to offer. It's just that, you know, when I am thinking about being able to be mobile, uh, I still need a traditional computer. Um, because of some of the things uh, like uh, podcast uh, uh, episode editing and and uh, you know working with WordPress, you know you can do some stuff through apps, but it's it's kind of hard. And and then the screen with the with the web with the websites sometimes uh, the websites don't operate like you want to in some of these back end places. But that's that's all. Well, that's great. Well, let's uh, finish out our discussion here and talk a little bit about, let's kind of get an inside baseball look here at start to finish. Uh, what kind of like methods or what kind of uh, specific technology um, services and apps are you using to manage 
your publishing company? Because that's something that, that a lot of people aren't doing, obviously. But what, I mean, what is your website built on? You've got a ton of content on your website. You've got a ton of contributors to your website. Uh, how do you, how are you selling different things? I mean, I know this is like a, a 10 part question, but just explain a little bit of that to us and how that kind of, um, how you, how you kind of do all that stuff. Well, uh, our website is hosted. Uh, it, it is a WordPress site. Uh, we have our, our own dedicated hosting with uh, WP Host, um, or, or I think that's the name of it. If, if it's wrong, I'll think of it here in a minute. Uh, but it, it's dedicated hosting so that we don't have to necessarily share that. And uh, it's been uh, WP Engine. That's the name of it. Uh, that's our host, and, and it's dedicated, and, and it's super fast. Uh, our our storefront is actually WooCommerce, which is a, a very powerful plug-in for WordPress that allows you to do all kinds of customization, and uh, it's been very useful for us. Uh, great checkout experience, we think, very easy. Uh, it occasionally is, we've it is, a, actually. We, we, we've had a couple of bugs come up from time to time, but nothing major and nothing that I wasn't able to figure it out by, by just playing around with it a little bit. Well, anything, um, anytime you're using e-commerce on the web to do anything and managing it yourself, I've found that there will always be bugs. Even using big companies to do different things, uh, there will always be hiccups and things that you have to think about using e-commerce. Because when you get into payments and taking credit cards and, and stuff like that, then it's a whole other world. And people, I don't well, think and, a lot of people realize that. And, it, and it, it, you're right, it's inevitable because you've got so many moving parts, you've got so many different platforms and, and things talking to one another. It's, it's a very sophisticated machine with a lot of very small moving parts. And just one small part breaks down, it throws the entire thing into a giant conflagration. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast, it's going to happen. But I've also found that it's well worth that momentary pain and headache. Uh, because it is so convenient for people to just to go on there and click, 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 and um, you know they can purchase our material. Um, our writers simply forward their articles to us uh, as a Word document, and that actually goes to my virtual assistant. She is the one who posts the articles online uh, for us daily, and uh, we slap an image on there in WordPress and then and schedule it to go live early in the morning. I use because Mailchimp. well, actually, stop right there for a second. You actually have what, seven to ten posts going up uh, every week, maybe even more? Uh, we actually average about three to four per day. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be in the neighborhood of about 16 to 17 per week. You're right, yeah. Uh, so we have, we, have a, we have about three, we have an average of three to four during the week. And then on the weekends, we have two uh, posts that go up on Saturday and one goes up on Sunday. So, uh, and, and several different writers are represented in that. They all have their unique column. Uh, that's branded for them and that they write for and all of them do a terrific job all very proud of all of our writers um, the email that is sent out every morning to our email subscribers is actually automated it is triggered uh, by the rss feed uh, and we use mailchimp for that uh, every morning at, at seven o'clock central time it simply sends out an email with a link to all of the posts that have gone live in the past 24 hours um, and, and we have our posts obviously scheduled in the morning to go live before seven o'clock so that people get that out use a website called, I think you would pronounce it Zapier unless they're French and it may be Zapier, but it's Z A P I E R. Uh, it is, uh, very similar to Ift, 
uh, if then that or whatever it stands for. If, if people are familiar with if, um, if this then that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if people are, are if, if if people are familiar with that, uh, the, then Zapier is a little bit more powerful, a little bit more reliable. Uh, but it uh, it does cost. I pay a small fee per month, but it it has allowed us to disseminate all of our posts to all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter everything else it disseminates all of that automatically and then also disseminates it to buffer so that our posts are reposted on social media throughout the day uh, with a little abbreviation of you know in case you missed it and uh, that has proven very helpful as well because you know a lot of people check facebook twitter early in the morning when they wake up mm-hmm. uh, and we, we try to make sure that stuff is already up around you know 6 7 o'clock when people are kind of getting going with their day but also we have stuff to schedule to be scattered about on the interwebs uh, throughout the day using Buffer, and that's proven very effective as well. Very cool. Well, I'd imagine that setting all that up and maybe figuring out how to set all that up was pretty time-consuming and and took a lot of probably research. But now that you've kind of got it all set up and going and connected and everything, I would imagine it pretty, yeah, it automates itself, huh? It, it does. It saves it saves me a tremendous amount of time. It, it had gotten to where uh, early this year when I was still doing everything manually, it was taking about an hour per day, if not more. And, wow. uh, you know, you start thinking about what could I do with seven extra hours every week. And so once I figured out how to automate all of this stuff, it became uh, a, a lifesaver. And I'm very grateful for that. And, and, and it was well worth trying to figure out the nuts and bolts and the best way to go about it. And um, and so things, you know, so occasionally we have some hiccups, but not very, very often. And I'm very grateful for that. On the on the publishing side of things, the hard the hard publishing side, uh, we put everything we design everything in Scrivener um, as far as editing the manuscript itself. And once the manuscript is laid out in Scrivener, it takes me all of two clicks to outsource or output compile it into ebook formats. And that's why we do it in Scrivener's because Scrivener is such a powerful application. Um, converting those books to ebook is very, very fast and, and, and very, very quick, very easy. Um, if anyone has ever tried to format an ebook using Microsoft Word or it's Apple Pages, impossible. it can be a nightmare. It's, it can be a nightmare. Scrivener, Scrivener makes it so ridiculously easy. It's it's almost it's almost annoying how easy it is. You you start thinking to yourself, you know, why didn't I, I learn this, you know, months ago or, or if not longer. Um, and then, of course, for print, uh, you can't you can't do any better than laying a book out in Adobe InDesign. Uh-huh. Uh, th- that is something that I learned uh, literally at the very beginning of my publishing endeavors, and I'm so grateful that I did because I can actually look at a print book and tell whether or not it was laid out in Microsoft Word. Yes, or Adobe you InDesign. can. Yes, you can. Can't and you? And sometimes, sometimes it it's 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 the very little things, such as having uh, so a lot of people don't know this, but people in publishing do. It is not. Uh, it is not an industry. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a faux pas. It's a. It's a publishing faux pas to have a blank page with a page number on it. In other words, if there is no body text on a page, it doesn't need to have a header. It doesn't need to have a footer. Not a page number. Nothing. It needs to be completely 100% blank. Uh, a lot of whereas, people don't know that. That's 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 pretty. That's right. That's pretty in, neat. In Microsoft Word, it's really hard to get Word to actually abide by that. Uh-huh. It's really difficult. It wants to put a page number on everything. <laughs> whereas with InDesign, uh, you have that ability to tell it exactly what you want it to do, and it does it. Whereas, um, and, and the other thing is, sometimes it's it's something as random and and obscure as spacing between the individual characters. 
there is just a different way that Adobe InDesign handles spacing between individual letters and numbers uh, versus Microsoft Word. And that's what I look at is I look at how characters are spaced on the page. And, and Word has its telltale signs, whereas Adobe InDesign looks a lot more professional. And InDesign and, came from, if anybody's familiar with PageMaker, it, it yes. really, I think uh, they bought PageMaker and absorbed a lot of its functionality into InDesign. And for the last, I would say, at at least 10 to 15 years in design should it, or it, it is the industry standard in laying out text for publications and different things like that. Every major uh, print book that you see from every yeah. major publisher is going to be done in InDesign. So yeah. Any, any kind, any kind of print media, it really needs to be laid out in, in InDesign and, and especially Adobe has made it pretty affordable. Um, I know uh, two years ago, and I don't know if they still offer the same plan, but two years ago, I was able to sign up for a monthly subscription of just $10 a month, mm -hmm. uh, and that allowed me to use just InDesign. Now, I didn't have access to other Adobe apps. I had to pay extra for those. Um, but for $10 a month, I, you know, at one time, I was able to subscribe, uh, and that way, every time they updated it, I didn't have to go buy the new version. It was just automatically updated on my computer. And I remember thinking, hey, I'm in publishing $120 a year is, is well worth the money to have a very professional look to everything that I'm putting out. Exactly. And and they offer, you know, a lot of people balked at kind of that subscription model when they came out with it. And then they did the math. And when you're um, spending three and four $500 on Photoshop and three and four $500 on InDesign every year and a half, um, this actually makes sense to pay. I pay, we pay for a uh, Graymere pays for the uh, $50 a month deal, which is, it's, it's expensive, but at the same time, we can run every Adobe app that is there. Right. We can we can update all that stuff. We can use whatever we need to use. Dreamweaver, uh, InDesign, Illustrator for professional logo design, all sorts of different things. And, and so, that's actually what I'm using now also. I pay the $50 a month. I mean, it's, a, it's an expense, but it's one that I have found to be very useful, very valuable. And that way I have access to all of the tools that Adobe offers. Well, it's a wonderful, a wonderful group of apps, and they have actually uh, kind of doubled down on their support for Mac. It was kind of lacking about five years ago, and uh, they realized that they were they were going going to ostracize half of their customer base if they if they did not uh, put their work and effort into the Mac and, apps. And as maybe well. in some ways, their most important customer. Exactly, base. exactly. Because if yeah, you are using design and publishing and creative work, you're yes. using a Mac and you're using Adobe. Yes. That's that's what yes. that's the answers. Yes. Um, that, what a great discussion, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us this week. Thank you so much for, uh, for all that you do, uh, for the kingdom and all the things that you are, are publishing and getting out there. Uh, uh, you can go to start to finish.org and that is the, um, website of start to finish, uh, publishing there. And they actually have a ton of content and blogs on there already. And then you can, of course, uh, buy those books from, um, from Michael. Michael, you're going to, uh, every now and then, uh, you open up the Books for Life program, of which I'm a member, and that uh, gets you all the books that have been uh, done previously for start to finish in digital form, and then you get all the print books uh, from here on out. And uh, that is a great value, and I have actually uh, spent half of my uh, book buying budget on that this year. And um, I would invite you, if you ever go follow, um, I think you're what, the 10th Rocket on Twitter? Yes. And uh, you can also follow Start to Finish um, 
on Twitter and uh, he'll tweet out some of those different things for the Books for Life program. And I would invite you to get on that value because that is a that is a tremendous value. But yeah, uh, go uh, visit Michael's website, uh, start to finish and all that other different things. And it's a great Michael, anything else that you want to add anything, any kind of things that you want to promote uh, that are coming up? Uh, give you the floor here for a second. Uh, I do want uh, people to know about one of the things that Start to Finish is, has just introduced, has just launched, is a new line of adult Bible class material. And uh, yes. we're very excited about this. Uh, we are averaging, we're going to be averaging at least two new studies per quarter. Um, and so churches uh, will have the ability to choose which book they, they order, uh, or they can use our stuff both on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night. Uh, it's laid out so that you have a time in which you examine the text. But then we also want to emphasize application of the text and also have some questions that help reinforce the, the Bible study as well as generate some positive discussion that help apply the text to real life. Um, we're really excited about this material. We think it's very innovative, uh, very, very trustworthy, but also very convicting, very engaging and uh, invite people to take a look at it. Most of our Bible studies, uh, the books sell for somewhere between 4 to $6, and uh, they're all available on our website. We've got books on Ruth and Daniel currently, also a, a brand-new seven-week study on idolatry by Wes McAdams. Which that is, is going to be fantastic. It's fantastic, yeah, it really is. Wes has done a great job with that. Uh, we have studies coming out on Genesis and Kings uh, in the next couple of months. We also have a ladies' study that's coming out in November as well called Trailblazers uh, that we're very excited about by Lori Boyd. She's in the Murfreesboro area. So we've got a lot of great resources for, for Christians, for the church, and every, encourage everybody to check those out at startfinish.org. And don't forget about your um, your younger kids' curriculum that as well, your GROW curriculum uh, written the, by Ashley that's Hudson right. that's coming out, or actually hasn't come out. The first section of it has come out. That's two, you said, it's, I've, bought, I've actually bought it because I'm an education minister and, and we we're looking for some new stuff and it's uh the grow curriculum you can check that out and it's um two years of stuff and it's yes it's k it's through five churches it's it's designed for churches that have their ages in two so in other words you have a class for twos and three-year-olds you have a class for fours and fives class for first and second mm-hmm. third and fourth fifth and sixth uh and and the material is two years in length so that you've got material for as long as the one kid is in the class and then they graduate up um, and it's downloadable. It's digital material that you download, and we have videos on how you piece it together. We have uh, some great artwork that we're uh, still in the still putting the artwork together. But it's great material. Uh, it's it's especially wonderful for churches that don't necessarily have the resources to purchase material for their kids every quarter. Uh, this is a kind of a one and done thing. You buy the material and then it's yours and you can print it off and reuse it as much as you need. Um, uh, both years, I think, sell for four ninety nine, or you can get uh, one, you can try out the first year for two forty nine. Uh, and if you, you use it for one or two months and it's just, it, you don't like it, we'll give you all your money back. Uh, but we, we really believe in this curriculum. It's, it's, it's Ashley did a terrific job in putting, putting it together at the church there in Medill, Oklahoma. And we're really excited about it. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that the teachers that have been teaching, uh, from the same materials for the last decade have looked at this material and said, this is great. We're going to adapt this. This is wonderful. Uh, I actually took the PDFs, printed them off, put them in binders and, uh, really relatively inexpensive. I got some different stuff out there. So it's a very printable stuff. Very, uh, very, very well laid out, very well designed, just like the rest of uh, all of your materials. So yeah, start to finish number two, start to finish.org. You can check those out. 
Michael, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, let's have a very short prayer before we end, as, our, our, as is our custom, and we'll uh, end the podcast today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you have blessed us with. Thank you so much for the blessings of technology uh, and help us to use those te- uh, technological things to forward your kingdom and, and move everything in your kingdom forward, Lord. And we thank you so much for Michael and his influence on the kingdom and the things that he's doing, Lord. Help him to be uh, uh, cognizant of the difference that he can make and the difference that we can make uh, with him, Lord. Thank you so much for everything that you've given us. Thank you so much for giving us your son. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Michael, thanks so much. And uh, you can check this show out directly at chadl.co slash mbits slash 035. And I'll have a couple of links in the show notes there of all the different stuff that we talked about. And um, make sure to visit starttofinish.org uh, for all of your reading and, uh, well, for all of your reading needs. We've got, he's got reading covered. So you just, uh, you just go there and you'll be able to read whatever you want <laughs> as far as the stuff is, con- uh, biblical stuff is concerned, biblically centered things. So thank you so much, Michael, and uh, we will see you later. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye.